Stephanie Laska. Welcome to the Dirty Lazy Keto Podcast. I lost 140 pounds by continuing to enjoy my favorite light beer, tortillas, and chocolate. I believe you can have your sugar-free cake and eat it too. You don't have to be perfect on the keto diet to be successful at losing weight. Your journey on Dirty Lazy Keto, it starts today. Today's episode is sponsored by my newest book, Extra Easy Keto, Seven Days to Ketogenic Weight Loss on a Low-Carb Diet, published by St. Martin's Press and Macmillan Audio. If you're kickstarting or restarting the keto diet, or maybe you just need a kick in the pants, well, Extra Easy Keto is perfect for you. I'll teach you how to make the keto diet easier, doable, and fun in just seven days' time. Order your copy or download the audiobook of Extra Easy Keto by Stephanie Laska today. Well, today we're going to be talking about the best and worst keto foods to eat. Like, do you need it or do you just want it? You know what I mean? Like, it's so yummy and it's so delicious and you know you can have it. So is that the best keto food to eat or is that the worst keto food to eat? I don't know. I think we should kind of get into this a little bit because it gets confusing and tricky. And when it comes to losing weight, you know, choosing between the best and the worst keto foods, it can be very tricky and complicated. So I'm going to give you guys four tips today to help you make the best decisions. And it's more advice. So four kind of strategies, things that you can think about, and also you can share what's working for you. But before we get started, before we dive into my four tips, I want to spin the wheel so you know what kind of fun prize you could win if you stay and listen and participate, because I like to choose someone from the comments to win the prize. So here's the prize. You ready? Big whammies, big spins. We're spinning. We're spinning. What kind of prize are you hoping for? Put it in the comments. Your wish might come true, because today's prize is going to be Oh, fun. How, a pot holder. We haven't had one of those in a long time. A dirty, lazy keto pot holder. I love these. It's like a little red oven mitt. Isn't that adorbs? It is super cute. And it says dirty, lazy keto. Very high quality, I might add. So I'm going to mail one of these to you for free. I'll pick someone from the comments. So talk, 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 chat, chat, chat. You can say anything you want and get involved. And that way, the more times you talk, the more likely it is you might win a prize. Fun, right? I thought I'd do that off the bat today. So I got my four tips for you about the best and the worst keto foods to eat, you know, to kind of help you figure out and navigate, do you need it or do you just want it? (laughs) I like saying that very dramatically because that's how I feel when I'm in the kitchen. You know what I mean? Because I I really don't think there is such a thing as a best or a worst list of foods on Dirty Lazy Keto. I know that's very controversial, but when it comes to like what's naughty and what's nice, I'm going to get out my Santa hat. Seriously, because not everything's naughty, not everything's nice. You know, think of it kind of like Christmas, right? Oh, the light up Christmas tree. (laughs) Because something can be naughty to one person, but not to another. You know what I mean? Or some kind of food can be really benign and simple and easy for one person to eat and they could still lose weight. But for somebody else, it's a disaster. So I really don't think that the naughty nice list is fair. Um, I think that dirty and lazy keto is more flexible and more, more open-minded. And with that, you know, it gets a little tricky. So if you don't have a starter keto grocery list, 
I can send that to you. Make sure that you go on my website. It's free. Just log in at dirtylazyketo.com. Enter your email. Um, I said I put you on my email list and I'll send you support stuff. But the first one will have a starter keto grocery list just as a bonus. Some people just use it as a, you know, they already have like the real deal full uh, grocery list that's in the get started book. And you can, if you forgot, it's on page 233, it starts here and it's 16 pages long. But if you just want like a shorter one, uh, make sure you're on my email list and that way I'll send that to you. It's inside the first email. It's inside, inside, inside. People write me back all the time. Where is it? Where is it? I'm like, you got to open the email and read it. It's inside. It's like in the middle. So calm down. <laughs> okay. And you can always unsubscribe. I don't sell information or any of that crazy stuff. I'm just here to help you. Um, so, but in reality, everything on the keto land terms of food, it's on the table. So I, I agree with you that it can be a little stressful. Um, you know, it's up to you to decide what do you choose? Do you have this or do you have that? And some things might help your weight loss and some things might hurt your weight loss. And it's tricky, right? I know. I agree with you. Um, why did I do that when I created Dirty Lazy Keto? Why did I put so many types of foods out there that could maybe cause problems? You might wonder, or why, why is that included? Like you might think, well, just put those off limits, but I'm going to tell you why. Okay. And this is, I got to put on my dramatic jacket to, to prove my point here. I'm putting on my, my motorcycle black leather jacket that I used to wear when I was in high school. Cause you might've guessed that I'm a little bit of a rebel. Yes. Yes, I am. I'm a rebel. So if you tell me not to do something or not to eat something, or a certain food is off limits, guess what I want? I want to eat it all the time. And then it's completely like a rebellious situation. Is anyone else out there like that? Like me? Are there any rebels? That if someone says to you, you can't have that. That's a bad food. That's going to cause problems. You shouldn't be eating that. You know, all those like keto food police people. If you tell me I can't have something, I instantly rebel and then I want it and then I overeat it, even if I don't particularly like it. So think about it that way. I don't want anyone to have that rebellious situation. And that's why when I think about the naughty and nice list or the best or the worst foods on keto, that's why I think I'm so open-minded about it. Because I'm sure there's some that are probably more nutritious than others, whatever. Um, but I'm not going to tell you what to do necessarily because I don't want to trigger that rebellious nature in you like me. Not everybody's like that, but but I sure am. And it's a huge problem for me. So. That's why I did that as part of my food list. Um, and then number two, there's only four today, so we'll go quick. But I think number two, you know, I mentioned to you about the grocery list. I want to keep it flexible for you. And the reason why is freedom comes with it. Great responsibility. <laughs> yes, I'm waving the American flag here. But really, you know, when you have so much freedom in your grocery list and you can just add whatever you want to your grocery list, you can add anything. It comes with a responsibility because you have to be accountable to yourself, right? I mean, a lot of people will say, oh, keto. Oh, dirty, lazy keto. Oh, that must be like an all-you-can-eat buffet. You can eat whatever you want as long as it's keto or it's on Stephanie's list. No, that's not necessarily the case. Not at all. I think you have to still be accountable to yourself. No matter what your choices are, you know, freedom, think about the American flag or the Canadian flag or wherever you are in the world, your flag. I think that you have to have some responsibility and accountability with whatever kind of 
choose you, whatever kind of food you choose, <laughs> not choose your food, food you choose. <laughs> so that being said, there are some common problematic foods. Now, I bet you could share in the comments, right? Because we are doing the prize. Remember, you want to win the prize, right? Don't forget. So share in the comments what your problematic foods are. Because even though you can technically eat it, you know, does anyone have a problem with, let's say, pepperoni or salami? I have a friend who will take um, a whole package, like pounds and pounds of uh, pepperoni, and she'll eat it with like dip or dip it in um, uh, guacamole, you know, but crazy amounts, right? Like not just a serving. A serving is what? Let's look at the label because it might surprise you. One ounce. That is not much, people. And this bag contains, uh, hard to see my little glasses here. I think this is about a pound in here. There's only a couple of pieces, but one ounce is not much, right, of uh, pepperoni. So you can see how easily it would be to go overboard and just say, oh, well, it's low carb. I can just eat whatever I want. No, no, that's not how it works. You still have to be responsible. Um, what about a coffee creamer? Raise your hand or thumbs up or admit it in the comments. This is a safe place. <laughs> I'm joking, but serious because creamer is a big, big issue for a lot of people. I know when I first started trying to lose weight and um, changing my eating habits, I'll show a picture of my beforeness. Um, I used to put so much coffee creamer in my coffee. It was like I was having uh, coffee with my creamer. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there was so much creamer. It was like all creamer and a little coffee. But it's hard to, to slow down and measure it. Like, do you ever look at the nutrition label and see what the serving size is for these foods? It's pretty scant when it comes to like a serving size of coffee creamer, even the sugar-free variety. Even though it's sugar-free, you got to look at the label and stay accountable. And no, you don't want to be all boring and weighing and measuring and like stressing yourself out. But you still have to eyeball it and say, yeah, that's a tablespoon. That's a serving. That's one net carb or two net carbs. And then keep track. Um, what about keto bread? Anyone have a problem with that one? Maybe some of you. I know some of you, like, especially when you're a beginner, you're like, oh, I have to have my toast. I got to have my grilled cheese. I got to have my sandwich. You know, and people get really hung up on the keto bread and they're like paying 12 bucks a, a, a loaf at Costco or Aldi or fighting with people in the parking lot over it when they run out. And then, you know, they feel like they can't live without it. But keto bread, you know, let's face it, even though it's quote unquote low in carb, if you look at the nutrition label, like how do they do that? Like get suspicious people, read and see what's going on here because there might be a lot of total net carbs and then tons of fiber added to try to get the net carbs down to zero or one or two. But that fiber and that carb count, it's still doing something, right? Now, if this is a problem for you and it's a red flag and it's causing problems, that's when you need to pay attention. If it doesn't bother you now, don't be calling me up, writing me letters, messaging me. If it doesn't bother you, that doesn't apply to you. I'm just talking about problematic foods for some people. Yes, you can have it, but is it a problem for you? Nobody else. Like what about ice cream? Anyone? Low carb ice cream? Is that an issue? Can you stop at one serving or can you manage uh, a small amount and be responsible for it? Or do you eat the entire pint like I do? <laughs> I have to buy the little bars and then buy them like once a year because I eat them all. That's me. I know. I'll be embarrassed. I'll admit it. Um, peanut butter, anyone? That's a common problematic food. Tell me if this is an issue for you. 
Um, some people are like, ooh, peanut butter. I know I'm real classy with my my uh, 99 cent store sticker on my peanut butter because I'm classy like that. <laughs> but hey, I like a bargain and a sale. And peanut butter is tough when it's like a tablespoon or two. Can you stop that amount? You know, like, well, I'm having, you know, celery with peanut butter. Excellent. But make sure you are keeping track of how much peanut butter you're having. And if it's becoming a big problem and you find yourself eating like a bazillion teaspoons and tablespoons of peanut butter and you're getting stressed out about it and your weight's all over the place, then these can be some of the foods to, to just maybe take a look at, right? And we'll get to that more. I just want to show a couple more problematic foods. Um, nuts is one, right? Especially when you buy a large container like this. This is like a big old two and a half pound drum where you could be like, ah, right? <laughs> you could literally like, it's like a trough of nuts for a hundred thousand people. But yeah, I could do some big time damage on nuts. What about um, pork rinds? For some, that's a problematic food. Know thyself. Other people are like, nah, I'm good. Or, you know, also with the crunchy, kind of salty, you know, could be beef jerky. It could be these uh, cheese wisps, homemade or purchased. Or... Maybe you have a sweet tooth, like uh, chocolate chips, sugar-free chocolate chips or candy, maybe whipped cream. I know I was reading about this lady mixing peanut butter and whipped cream, and I was like, oh my goodness, I could not handle that. I'd be eating it all day long. Or chaffles. Oh, did I get a trigger? Anyone? Chaffles, is that your trigger? Chaffles, some people are like meal planning on Saturday, and what they really mean is they make 8,000 chaffles for the week. That cracks me up. And I'm like, hey, do you. If you can have 8,000 chapels in a week and still lose weight and be happy with the way your weight's going, then you're good. But if this is becoming a problem, maybe you're having some issues, these are certain foods that you might want to just put your finger on, and then we're going to talk about it as we continue. So I hope that you shared a, a, a problematic food that you have. Don't be acting like you're perfect now, because I am not, and I don't think you are either, and that's okay. That's part of the fun of this, the adventure and it makes you feel, you know, like you're not alone. So don't be afraid to say something. Um, now, how do you know if a, a food is problematic? I mentioned, you know, your weight just might be up or down or stalled. That's pretty straightforward. But, you know, more seriously, on a more serious note, a lot of folks end up in a binge situation, you know, like the sugar-free cookies or candy, and then they're eating it and they feel out of control. They feel ashamed. They feel like they can't stop. And then some of those old behaviors from when we were heavier folks start coming out of the woodwork. And then before you know it, you feel like you're just completely spinning. Now, I'm not saying that's you, but certain foods can do certain things to certain people. And I'm just asking that you take a look at that. You know, when it comes to what's the worst keto food or the best keto food, it's really up to you and about your personality to make it work for your lifestyle. And it's not like these will always be that way. I'm here to tell you, you know, I'm going on a decade of this and some foods I'm able to reintroduce and I'm not so, um, you know, panicked and crazy about it like I used to be. So there is hope and things do change, right? So I know you're kind of eager to get into tip number three, which is more of a solution. Okay. Cause you're like, well, what am I going to do about all that, Stephanie? So I'm going to call this the lamp solution and I'm going to show you my lamp. Oh, the lamp solution. <laughs> and the, the reason I call this the lamp solution is I'm going to shed some light onto your situation, I hope. And I'm going to give you an acronym, L-A-M-P, 
and it stands for different things. And these will be different techniques that you can use. By the way, I made this up. You can't find it anywhere just here on the my little podcast. <laughs> I was trying to have fun today. I'm like, you know, that would make a good acronym. So that's, that's where I went. Okay, so LAMP. The first letter of LAMP is L. And I think a strategy could be for these troubling foods is to limit the amount. Like for example, I'll give you an example. I love like Lily's chocolate bars. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? I love those. I'm sad I was gonna put this dramatic hat on, but I can't have them all the time. You know why? Because I will eat them all constantly. This is supposed to be my, can you see what I'm doing here with the hat? <laughs> it's not working, <laughs> but it's funny. Um, so what I do with my, my chocolate bars that I love so much is I have them on vacation. Okay, that's what I'm trying to do here with this funny hat. I limit myself to have a sugar-free chocolate bar, kind of like Lily's or one of those similar ones. There we go. And I chop it up or I use a vegetable peeler <clears throat> and I put it on top of like Faye yogurt, like a sundae with Splenda. And holy moly, it's like I'm eating a sundae. So that's my strategy for L is limit the amount. Like, for example, once a week or only on vacation or some kind of way that you're moderating it. Does that make sense to you? Like if you love Starbucks and that's becoming a huge problem, then maybe you could limit it to only when you're at the airport or only when it's, I don't know, pick out a, a way that could help you moderate it. So was that funny? I got the hat working. I've been waiting to wear that hat. I know, it was funny to me. Some lady complained the other day about my jokes and my props and I was like, first of all, you're too serious to be on my channel, my friend. <laughs> There's so many serious people out there <clears throat> when it comes to weight loss. Ooh. <clears throat> we we just have to have a little bit of fun, right? We can't be so serious all the time. <clears throat> Bless her little heart. She wanted, you know, the nuts and bolts, but I'm going to try to give it to you, but with a little smile on my face, hopefully it goes down a little bit more tolerable that way. I think we can have fun and laugh as well as learn, don't you? So my second... <clears throat> excuse me, trick when I'm talking about lamps. So we did L is limit. A is accept it. Ooh, that one's not so fun at all. Accept it. Um, this means if a food is problematic for you, maybe that's just the way it is. And if you want to keep eating it, you might want to, and you might just accept the consequences. And I'll tell you a little story about me and my accepting, accept, acceptingness, <clears throat> probably during covid you know, feeling sorry for myself, being all locked in the house and whatnot. I started in on recipe making, of course, which I'm always working on. And I came up with like a milkshake recipe that was to die for. Oh, I know I'm not going to tell you because <laughs> I don't want what to happen to you to happen to me. But oh my gosh, I got so addicted to this milkshake thing. <clears throat> I was like making it all the time and I couldn't stop, but I didn't really want to stop. Okay, so I'd be making this like little milkshake smoothie and I'm like, this is so much deliciousness and I was really enjoying it. And yes, I wasn't really, I don't know, thrilled about like a pound or two up at the scale. But in the end, I decided instead of like complaining and being mad at myself or feeling ashamed or limiting it to a vacation, I was like, no, I'm going through a lot right now with COVID and just family and issues and sadness. I'm going to go ahead and just indulge myself and have this. And then at a certain point, I'll get over it and move on. So I accepted it. I had the little weight gain. 
I just said, whatever, I'm going to have it. And that was my decision. And it was rather freeing to tell you. I was like, I'm going to deal with that later. And so what if I have my little milkshake for a while? I'm going to have it and I'm going to like it. And I did. There you go. And don't be asking me for the recipe. I'm not going to get you hooked. <laughs> okay, I promise you, I will not do that. So that was the A of lamp. <clears throat> lamp. M. This one is not altogether that complicated, but you may want to just move it out of the way, right? Move it out of your sight. You can clean it off of all your surfaces. You can swipe it away. Like I have some uh, wipes here, some cleaning wipes. Just do a clean slate. Wipe your slate clean. Get it out of your fridge. Get it out of your cabinet. Get it out of your house. Just get rid of it. If a problematic food like peanut butter is causing trouble and you're pretending to have, you know, a tablespoon with your celery, but really you're having a half cup and then you freak out, get rid of it. I understand they might have kids and husbands and whatever. Okay, deal with it. Move it to a higher cabinet. Move it to the garage. Move it in a place that you don't at least look at it. Just do something, but move it out of the way so you're not tempted all the dang time. I think it can be a very helpful strategy for a lot of people. And then P, my last letter of lamp, is to pause the offending food. Here's my remote control. Boop, 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 boop. Pause, just take a pause, because I don't want you to be all sad and then, you know, end up with like this rebellious jacket on like I used to be in high school. What I want you to do instead is just pause it. Pause the offending food. Just pause it. You're not getting rid of it forever. You know, you're not like, oh my gosh, I can never have chocolate or ice cream again. My life is over. Okay, you don't want to be sad. Just pause it for now, revisit it later. Now, remember, I was telling you that during my journey of losing 140 pounds, there were times certain foods that were an absolute trigger for me, popcorn, for example, where I just couldn't even be around it, the smell. Brownies was another one. I have never told anyone the story, I don't think. But one time my daughter was making brownies for whatever, like a school thing. And she's like, mom, do you care? I'm like, no, I'm good, I'm bulletproof. DLK bulletproof, right? Yeah, right. Oh my gosh, the smell of brownies filled the house. And I started salivating like my dog, Lulu. I was going crazy. And all of a sudden I turned into this crazy, crazy, crazy crab carb addict. And I ended up taking, you'll laugh, but I ended up taking peanut butter and smearing it underneath my nose like those people do when they go to autopsies to prevent themselves from smelling. Yeah, I did that because that's how weird I am. And I ran out of the house. I'm like, I'm going to the park. I got to get out of here because I couldn't handle it. Yeah, I know. I don't even know what that story was to tell you because that's super embarrassing. But the point is nowadays I can be around it. I had to pause it back then. I had to not be around that food, but now I can deal with it. Now my son will make microwave popcorn. I'm like, eh, it still does smell good, but I don't go crazy. Or if my daughter makes brownies, I'm like, eh, I can handle it. So it does get better. You don't have to, you know, pause things forever in your life. Things do change is what I'm trying to say. So that was tips one, two, and three. Are we keeping up? I'm going so fast. I have to have a little drink of my DLK water bottle. Isn't that cute? I know. So many fun things at the DLK store now. And of course, I bought them all for myself. My husband's like, really? Do we need 12 sweatshirts? Yes, we do. And totes and um, ledge pails, everything. I bought it all in all the colors just for me.
So you'll see me walking around town with my DLK sweatshirt on. Okay, now tip number four. I'm bringing out a target here because I think that choosing the best and the worst keto foods, I feel like it's a moving target. So it's like moving, moving target. It's not like it's going to stay the same. I want to just reinforce that. Um, the type of carbs you eat and the amount of net carbs you eat, they will change as you lose weight. This is very shocking and sad information for a lot of you. <laughs> Raise your hand if you're feeling sad about this. It's not all bad now. Don't, don't get me wrong. But as your body shrinks, it needs less. So think about it that way. Your body's like a car. You know, when I was 300 pounds, my body took a lot of fuel to maintain that kind of engine, right? To maintain the 300 pounds on a daily basis. I ate a lot, a lot of everything. But now that I'm a smaller person and I'm half the size I used to be, my body needs less. So what the amount of net carbs or the type of net carbs I could get away with in the beginning of my journey or in the middle of my weight loss journey is very different from how it looks now. There has to be some adjustments. Now, for some of you, you're like, oh, this could be where I need to work on, right? Is anyone thinking that right now where you're like, oh, my target has changed? And you're like, that sucks. <laughs> now, I'm with you. I understand your pain. But it's just like the people who said, I hate vegetables. <clears throat> Do you remember any of those people? You know, when you first started off and you're like, I only eat corn and potatoes and I only like peas. Well, look how that changed. As you started to lose weight, you may started to introduce some new foods that you didn't like before and you adapted, right? Same thing with um, my tip number four is that choosing the best and worst keto foods. It's something that you might change over time. What you thought was totally fine, you know, like for example, creamer. I mentioned how much creamer I used to put in my coffee when I first started. And then I switched over to sugar-free creamer, still used a boatload, but it took me like a lot of years. I mean, I'm not even sure if I can count, but it was like five years or something before I completely cut out creamer from my coffee. It took a long time. Cause I love it. And I had to, you know, I had to like say goodbye to it slowly. <laughs> goodbye creamer because I loved it so much. And then one day I'm like, yeah, I think I'd rather eat that net carb or eat that amount of food in my breakfast. Cause I'm hungry. I like to eat. So I had to switch things up and make different sacrifices along the way or different priorities. And it's not to say I don't do these things all the time, but I remember, you know, at one Thanksgiving in the early days of my, my low carb journey. I remember like paying like six bucks a head for like cauliflower. And I was so mad because it was so expensive. Normally it's cheaper, but it was Thanksgiving. So they jacked up the price, but I'm like, I have to have my cauliflower mashed potatoes or I'll die. Like it was so crazy to me that I had to have it. And now this year I didn't even make it because I was just lazy and I'm like, eh, I'm good. I'll just put gravy on my turkey and I'm fine. Have some green beans. But you know what I mean? So your, your, your pace, your, your amount of net carbs, the type of net carbs you eat, the types of foods, what you consider to be the best and the worst keto foods for you, it's going to change over time. And you really have to look at that and be willing and, and a little bit of trial and error, a little bit of um, embracing that because your body is changing and that's okay. And that's going to help you get to where you want to go is just by making a few adjustments along the way. 
So I know I mentioned I have plenty of resources for you guys. I mentioned about like going to my website, signing up for the the, the newsletter, which comes like every day for like two or three weeks. And then it slows down to like every few days. Um, Cause you know, at first I know you're all excited, but um, I have so many resources to help you. And they're all, you know, all the books are available at your local library. All the books are available worldwide. I got to show you guys something. This is a trip. I'll probably show this a few more times. But I got this in the mail yesterday from my publisher, Simon & Schuster. Can anyone read it? What does it say? <laughs> Do you know what language it is? I know, right? Isn't this cool? I was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I like actually went and woke up my daughter. And I'm like, look at this. And she's like, mom, whatever. You're so weird. But I'm like, this is exciting. Like, look at all these words. I know. See if anyone can guess. Maybe I'll give that person a special prize. I won't say anything. <gasps> oh, that's exciting. See if someone can guess what uh, language this is in. I'll keep that a secret. Ooh, fun, extra prize. Um, but anyway, I have so many resources for you. And I know if you like videos, kind of like this one, I'll link up one to follow this um, that's on YouTube, but I'll provide the link for you. And it's all about, if you're not losing on keto, 10 areas that you can investigate. So if that's a hot button for you, not losing on keto, 10 areas to investigate, I'll link that up next. Another good one I might recommend for you is about portion control. And I have a great one on portion control as well. So those could be two that you think of um, if this topic was really, you know, kind of hot and interesting to you. Um, but here's the deal, guys. DLK works because it's so flexible. It's easy to do. You can do it forever. It's healthy. It works. Hello, I'm living proof. I've helped people from all over the world achieve the goals that they were waiting and searching and hoping for their whole lives. And it's all just with regular food, like from normal grocery stores. No one is asking you to go get supplements or powders or any of that weird stuff. You know, remember, look back at your get started guide for the full list of foods with net carb counts and serving sizes, because it's all spelled out for you. It's over like 16 pages and that's just food. Drinks are separate. Those are all listed as well. But know that I'm here to support you. Know that you're not alone. I am here to help you. You can do this. I believe in you. You have to believe in yourself. Weight loss transformation is possible. And I know you can do it. I know you can. And I'm going to give you a huge round of applause just for staying and listening today. So give yourself a big round. Well, that about wraps it up, folks. Thanks so much for listening and for being part of the Dirty Lazy Keto community. I'm here to support you. I am here to help. Would you like to be notified when a new episode drops? Sign up for my free newsletter so we can keep in touch. Enter your email at dirtylazyketo.com and I'll just send you quick notifications when something new is going on. My newsletters are free, of course, and you can unsubscribe at any time. Did you enjoy today's podcast? Do me a favor, tell a friend. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the Dirty Lazy Keto Podcast. I believe in you, my friend. I know you can do this. See you next week, keto superstars.